It's another Sunday night in comedy quarantine, and tonight we're checking in with some old friends of the show we haven't seen since, well, back before the world blew up and the entire comedy industry went on pause. We're going to find out what some of our old friends in comedy are up to and what's keeping them laugh during this pandemic and where are their careers going from there. It's friends and old familiar faces. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network. We are still in quarantine. We're still broadcasting remotely here from Casa de Tedesco. Hi, of course, I'm Dean Young. I'm here with our producer, Vince. And Vince, today we've got some old friends of the show. We're sort of checking in on what everybody's been up to, where they're going next. Yeah, back when, you know, we could have, you know, friends in the studio and see their smiling and depressing faces. But now we have to call them on a cell phone and have an interview this way. And last time we talked to them, it was in studio. It was on our panel. And none of us had any idea what 2020 was going to throw our way. So I'm curious to hear what all of them have been up to. We're going to start with an old friend of the show who joined us a few times over the years, Giuseppe, the MC, he's definitely had some career changes and some changes to his entire stage persona. We're going to find out what's going on there and what he's up to next right here on Inside Jokes. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine, even though there isn't really a back row right now. The back lawn. But if you're in the last lawn chair, you're good. Anyways, let's get on. Oh, what is your sign? Uh, I'm a Pisces. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're going to get the effects of Jupiter and Capricorn. Which All means? The, well, this it's good for the Earth signs, and it's very good for the water signs, but it's not good for the air and fire signs. Okay, so the heating's okay. going to go in your house. He's going to be all right. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. good. That's good. good yeah. Good. And I see you in L.A. and New York. Wow. I see, I see you in New York doing something in a comedy club in New York City. Oh, that's, uh, that's exciting. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. So we have an old friend of the show who's joined us many times over the past few years. Last time we talked to this comic, he actually joined us on our New Year's show, kicking off 2020, along with Psychic Nikki making some predictions for what was going to happen in the world of comedy and the world in general for this year. Guess what? None of those good things happened, and the, <laughs> and the entire world blew up instead. So we've got Giuseppe, the MC on the line. How are you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. I remember that show uh, 100%. I'm like, man, does she miss something large? I mean, not knowing now, but... This is the uh, thing. She had she had sort of like glowing predictions for everybody. You were supposed to do this tour and go perform in New York. Uh, there Peter, were, Anthony. Peter Anthony was supposed to go and do American Late Night, which unless you're in Jimmy Fallon's living room watching his kids do coloring books, that doesn't really exist right now. And, of That's course, right. there's, a, there's a little bit of a, we have a little, a minor global pandemic happening right now. Just a little, little bit of a pandemic. Yeah. So, anyways, we were off mark on a few of those, Giuseppe. But we want to check in. Today we're talking to just some friends of the show who's joined us in the studio a lot over the years that we always sort of keep tabs on on what some of you guys are up to. What was this What was this whole thing like for you? I mean, for you, I guess it's twofold. Because when we first started talking to you on the show, your whole brand, your whole persona stemmed from this online following. You were sort of early on in taking comedy to social media platforms and digital content and building your own audience there. But then you parlayed that into 
touring around and doing these corporate gigs and doing festivals and all this stuff. So how much did this COVID thing sort of shift that stuff around for you? Well, to be honest, uh, just to be blunt, it, it halted all of it. What, you know, what happened was uh, if we all, everybody remembers their magic day when they realized that everything was coming to an end for their, for their year. Yeah. Mine was around March 12th, I believe it was. My, uh, my wife actually was supposed to uh, go to um, Nashville with her sisters and her mom. And then they, she had called me that night because she was sleeping the night at her mom so they can leave early in the morning. And she had said, hey, we're not going. And I'm like, oh, just go, whatever. Don't worry about it. Because I was still on that boat of there's nothing happening. Relax. Uh, my mom and dad were were breaking them for a month, saying, hey, you shouldn't be going to these events. There's this big disease going on. Because remember, my parents are Italian, and in Italy it got hit hard. And so yeah. they were watching the Italian news all day long. I go, ma, it's over there. It's not over here. Leave me alone, please. I got to work. And um, the Trump my doctrine. wife, what's that? The Trump doctrine. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a mess. And so and so that day when my uh, when everything hit the U.S. and my wife had decided not to go, that was I think it was March the 12th. On March the 13th, I started getting calls from different people. Hey, you know, Giuseppe, our wedding is in a couple months because I am see weddings as well. Yeah, um, we we might have to move. The, we might have to move the date. Nobody knew what was going on, right? And so. Um, and then another call and then another call. And then, Hey, look, we're postponing the show. And for three, four days, it was just four or five calls a day saying, Hey, we are canceling or we are moving. And it was just, I was destroyed. I was, I was just mentally destroyed. That was the week. Uh, also uh, school had, uh, gone on break, like, um, uh, March break for the kids. Yeah. So yeah. we were all I, I, home. I, we were all home anyway, uh, that week. The week following, because March 12th was like a Thursday, so the following week, and it was just like, just one after the other, one after the other. Well, and so and at one point, I had nothing left. Which, I mean, for you, you because, yeah, you did take this whole, you, you started off with this big sort of groundswell online following, and you transitioned that into being a working gig in comic and you had this sort of built-in audience but i mean right now for sure summer for you would normally be like this is big corporate season this is festival season this is busy exactly. this is busy time exactly. for comics right and especially for that type right. of work but for you it's interesting too i mean you mentioned your parents watching the italian news for you did you have to fall back on more on this online stuff because for you such a huge part of your audience is that italian community it's italian canadians it's people with a lot of family and friends back home how much do you think that part of your audience needs this sort of escape right now? Because Italy did get hit so hard and it's so close to the chest for a lot of people who are your audience. So there, it was funny. So that week, that, that uh, March break week was the week that I had to make a decision on whether or not I was going to post a funny video or not, because there was doom and gloom and it was very sad out there. And, you're like, and I, as a uh, one who creates video content, was thinking to myself, should I insult what's going on or should I make fun of what's going on? And so I remember clearly with my parents, they were uh, berating me. They didn't even want me coming over because they thought I was rubbing up against people. And at times uh, it's uh, the gent. I mean, you're rubbing up against people because I take pictures with people when I do events. So they right. thought I was carrying the disease. So I said, okay, I got to do something about this because everybody was sad. And I created this COVID video about my mom, my parent. I went knocking on the door to go pick up some sauce. And my parent, my mother would not let me into the house. She's yeah, like, you're okay. not coming in. I don't care what's going on. And that video, which I was scared to post, 
ended up becoming the second biggest video I'd ever posted of all time. It just hey. blew up. So at that point, I said, okay, I got something here. There's people that need the laugh because they're all suffering. And uh, one week, uh, week after week, I was just posting COVID videos related on my point of view with my mother and how they're not letting me into the house or how they're uh, six feet of distance at the dinner table or whatever. It was just comical stuff. And uh, it went well. And then on top of that, on, let's say, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had a variety show and I had a drinking show where every week people tune in and just drink with me. Vince, uh, so you've been on, you're on the show. And we had, uh, we you had, made it uh, seem like it was like, like for alcoholics or something. <laughs> well, I, was, uh, oh, I, I had to stop after a certain point because I was getting destroyed on a Tuesday night, like destroyed. Yeah, you were yeah. way too much. Because <laughs> people were coming on, they were having a shot with me and then they would leave and I'd bring on the next person and then I'd have the next shot. So I had like 12, 12 to 15 guests and I was drinking straight. Like I was pouring it straight in front of everybody. And then I had the variety show. So I, I did go to online at one point and it was going on for a couple months. To be honest, these past couple months, I just, I, I needed a break myself uh, from all of it and say, hey, you know what? I got to realign because videos are great, but I have to support my family. So I've had to make adjustments. Yeah. And also, I mean, it, it does for a lot of comics that we've talked to during this, people who had this sort of established brand and this established voice that they were known for this sort of forced downtime and just looking at all this crazy stuff that's happening to everybody on the planet has made a lot of comics step back and go, well, you know what, maybe I got to reevaluate. Maybe this is going to change the way I approach not just my career, but what I talk about on the stage and how I do it. Even for you, I mean, for our listeners who don't know, you have a very iconic look. That's very much a part of your persona on stage. You have the, you know, the, the giant, the giant pompadour that's quaffed up into the, you got the, 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 the majestic beard. You're sort of like the Italian Travelocity gnome up there, basically. That's right. There's no more Travelocity anymore either. But nah. how much has this made you step back and go, well, you know what? When I do get back into it and when things open up again, maybe I might have a different viewpoint now. I might have some new stuff that I want to talk about when I get back up there. Well, so, so I did, uh, again, for the viewers who don't know, I did cut off about 13 inches of my hair. I, I donated it to charity. It was uh, Angel Health for Kids. And I, I raised about four grand on uh, online to uh, force me to cut my hair, which I was going to cut it anyway. But I said, you know, what, let's, let's make some money out of it and give it to the kids, right? And so I figured at this point, because I'm not going to be performing, I know I'm pretty confident that I'm not going to be hitting the stage for the next year. Um, I, I don't do little clubs. I don't do clubs and perform in front of 30, 40 people. I just, it's never been my thing because of the Italian shows that I do. It's usually more a setting of like two to 300 people. So we know that's yeah. not happening. So I said, okay, if there's any time to reinvent myself, it's now, let me cut the hair. Let me chop off the beard. Um, let me, you know, make a few adjustments completely while I'm not working regardless in the comedy field. So people can get used to that and there's going to be a new me. So hopefully there's going to be, a, let's say, Giuseppe 2.0 when uh, everything comes back, which we hope is going to be in the next year. I don't know. Well, but, uh, and you, I'll be ready with a new look. And, I, and that's, that's the interesting point is you, yeah, you're in a unique spot because you sort of, you cultivated your own audience. You have a very specific thing that you do. Exactly. You aren't a club comic that's going to go out to Comedy Bar on a Tuesday night and into the side room and just work out some new material. You have that built-in audience. You have a lot of that corporate work. When you go into a theater, you know exactly who's filling those seats. You know you know what you're there to do. So it's almost just like a waiting game of like, when can I get back into this? The new look looks good on you. You look a lot younger. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. It's funny how many people have told me, man, you look so great now. How did I look before? I don't. Well, <laughs> this, is, this is the thing, because last time, even when we saw you before all this COVID stuff, when you came into the studio, you are going to be a Giuseppe 2.0. It's like you, 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 you were svelte, you trimmed down. Now you've got the hair has a different look. You've got the blue hair going on. The rest of us have been sitting here in quarantine, just growing neck beards and getting a spare tire. We all got dad bods now. You're doing the opposite. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? It's uh, it's uh, adjustments that I kind of wanted to do anyway. You know, I said, okay, you know, do people really follow me for my comedy or do they follow me for my look? And I'm testing it out by changing my look. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully when I can start to perform com- comedy again, people see past the, the look, which is something that I kinda, it was like a crutch for me. Like, hey, you know, let me come out. Let me be this. Uh, I'm still going to be coming out all sparkled up and stuff, but. You know, I figured, hey, now's the time. Let me just do it as opposed to let me test that out halfway through a tour. You know, this is this yeah. was the time. This was a chance I was given. And, um, you know, right now it's a waiting game. It's a tough waiting game. I feel for every single comic, every single performer that's had to make a major decision. This serve money is going to run out. And we all know we're running on it. So let's let's you know call a spade a spade. Eventually it's going to run out. What are we doing? How do we, how do we, for those of us who have families and even those of us who don't, you still have bills. How do we continue? What do we do? And, you know, I've had to make adjustments, guys. I had to swallow my pride and, and uh, do work that I don't usually do. You know, I, I'm working construction. I'm helping out buddies. I'm doing whatever I can because I got to survive. I can't survive on my pride. Um, and, um, you know, to everybody out there who's, who's working hard and hustling and doing whatever they can, good on you and don't worry about you know sometimes my pride tells me don't go out in public uh because you know you have this persona and you can't be seen doing construction hey i also got three kids at home i, I gotta work so you know I, I i'm assuming that people out there understand which i believe hey, you, you know what i mean sometimes the, the that's a healthy thing for comics sometimes too is to just sort of step out of your normal routine step out of that limelight and go live real life for a bit. And then you come back and go, wow, I got this new viewpoint or I got all this new stuff to talk about. And I think in your case, I mean, we're talking to Angelo Sarukas about this during, during quarantine a couple months back, you know, he jumped over to doing these Instagram lives and TikTok and all this stuff. His audience that was already there, his built in audience, they came with him, they followed him. So I think when you do get back into that, you're going to find, even though you've maybe changed the way you tackle it or the way your persona is on stage, those loyal followers, those Giuseppe followers, they're going to come with you for whatever this new this new sort of form of your comedy is. Giuseppe the MC, thanks so much, buddy. It's good to talk. We look forward to actually having you back in studio when we can do that. Stay safe, wait man. To come back. Thanks so much for including me in this, and to all the comics listening, to everybody listening. Good luck, and and don't worry, we'll we'll get through this. Absolutely. Giuseppe, road trip, Montreal. We'll go see if they still recognize you. Okay, next weekend, call me up. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> all right, stay safe. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Love you guys. Ciao, ciao. Thank you again to Giuseppe, the MC, and we'll be right back with Noor Hadidi on more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto or 640 in honor of Giuseppe the MC. Uh, Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you socially distance more clearly. How about that? That's more accurate than the audience one right now, but we're getting there. Live shows are happening again. It started out West, Vince. We had a few guests over the past few weeks. Alberta. Alberta clubs are opening back up. It made its way... Much like a pandemic, it sort of swept, 
It's a comedy pandemic. Yeah, it's like a reverse pandemic now. It's swept across the land, and now here in Toronto, live shows are opening up again. And, of course, one of our best cult hotspots in this city, I think the Cheers of Canadian comedy, the place all the comics flock to, the place everybody loves. Comedy Bar is back up and running. That's one of the best things that's happened to this scene in so long during all this madness. We have an old friend of the show, Noor Hadidi, on the line, who just did a show at Comedy Bar. Hello, Noor. Hi, Gene. So what was, I mean, after all this time, I mean, you know, obviously everybody wants all the clubs and all the venues and all that stuff to slowly open back up. But Comedy Bar is so important for the scene. It's such a, it's such a sort of symbolic thing for that stage to open back up again, because it really is, it's the place where so many comics in Toronto love to play. It's also, it's sort of like the hangout. It's sort of like the hub of the community in so many ways. You know, our, our comedy Christmas parties are always there and all these events are always there. Town halls are always there. It really is the heart of the comedy scene in Toronto. After so much time for you, after so much forced downtime in comedy, what was it like being back on that stage again and walking through those doors again? Man, I can't even explain the feeling. Like it was just unreal. It felt, it felt like I was coming home, you know, because I had done a few backyard shows, but they're not the same. You know, comedy yeah. really thrives when there's like a ceiling. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> you need a roof. Yeah, you need a room to do comedy, and exactly. Um, and you know, it wasn't. Some things were the same, but some, some things were very different. Like, usually when you walk into comedy bar, you're like, oh, excuse me, let me get in. Like, but there's nobody really there. Um, they're taking, before you go in, they take in your name and your number in case, you know, someone has COVID. So they have to, and when they took my name, they're like, I hope I never have to call you. And um, you're not allowed to hang out in the green room, only two people at a time. And that's kind of the one of the best parts of doing a show is like hanging out with, honestly, a lot of comics, like, Hanging out is a lot of times funner than doing the actual show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Especially, yeah, I mean, especially for, for for everybody who's ever gone to Comedy Bar and for comics, especially, act, like, absolutely, it is that feeling of going home when you walk down those stairs and the big red letters are there and walking into that. That green room is like the best green room in the city that you just hang out in there and mess with all the sketch people's props. And it, <laughs> I've done so yeah. many shows in that room where I'm like, the show's fine, but really it's just having beers in the green room that I'm like yes. 90% here for that, you know, for exactly. you and you and Natalie Norman, of course, teamed up and, and did this show together. What was the, I think for comedy, comedy bar is interesting because it is such a cult spot in Toronto. It's mm-hmm. unique in that the people who go to that, to that venue and come in off the street, Half the time, they might not even know what show they're going to see. They're just specifically going to Comedy Bar, and they'll just pick something. So it's always a warm crowd that is built in to watch live comedy. But after Mm -hmm. so much time of all this stuff being on hold, what was the vibe of the audience like? Was it tense? Could you tell that people were, like, aching to just get back out there and watch something again? Like, what was was the vibe a lot different from what you remember? Yeah, so that show that I did with Natalie was my third show back at Comedy Bar. So the first one was kind of like a haze. The second one, I felt people were, it was like a smaller crowd. And then for ours, it was, and it's a good point you mentioned, like we have a lot of walk-ins. None of those shows had walk-ins. Like producers, we usually try to hustle and get people out. So the people who were there wanted to laugh, you know? So that was really good. Um, and And it felt like they just were, like it felt like they couldn't, 
wait to hear new stand-up jokes and support live comedy. Um, so the audiences were great. And my show with Natalie went by so quickly because Comedy Bar now has imposes an hour long. Like you can't have a show more than an hour because it gives them time to clean before the next show. Right. Um, and I looked down at my phone and it was, it just started at eight and it was already 8.45. And by the time the show ended, the audience was like, no, keep going. And we said, like, we asked, comedy bar won't let us we have to leave at nine so it was just so much fun and i think people in toronto and those people who supported live comedy before are still gonna come out and do it um i don't blame some people for not coming out if they don't feel safe because it still is an indoors place but i think part of the reason all these all the comics that i've been on shows with agreed um, to do shows at Comedy Bar is because we feel safe there with all the social distancing measures they've put in place. You know, the reduced capacity, the masks, the cleaning, um, uh, wiping down the mic between the comics. So, like, um, all these things obviously don't make it the same experience as before, but it helps with the comfort level for both the audience and the comics. Yeah, and it's sort of this, like, there's obviously such a surreal element to it because the world is just so different now compared to last time any of us were on stage or at a venue like that. It's yeah. almost like an elephant in the room that you have to address. But even for you, I mean, before all this stuff blew up, and I mean, obviously everybody's career went on pause or they had to find <laughs> different avenues to do this. But I mean, you had the last couple of years where you for, were a pretty big couple of years. I mean, you were doing JFL, you were doing galas, you did... Kevin Hart's LOL Network, you did the debaters. I mean, you were you were getting a lot of these gigs that a lot of comics in Canada are always coveting and, and sort of hustling for. But there's also in the stand-up world, there's such a premium put on, it's almost like bragging rights about like mm-hmm. the grind and the hustle. It's almost like the more, it's a compulsion. It's like the who who's out there yeah. doing more shows, who is dedicating more of their life to this, who is doing literally nothing but comedy. Yeah. For, for you, did all this time like, to step back and like you had to go on hiatus, did it sort of change your outlook of how you want to approach that? Did it make you sort of appreciate life outside of the stage again a little bit more, or did, you, did it make you just want to jump back in even harder? Yeah, I think, um, honestly, the answer is both, because... Without comedy, I'm like, what do people do in, with their nights? I'm out every night. I'm not booked. I'm going to do an open mic. Maybe I'll take a night off every week or, like, maybe two, you know? I don't, like, three years ago, I would be out every single night doing, like, two, three shows and then open mics. And I've kind of, like, softened that a bit the last year. I still go out at least five. I, I mean, I used to five nights a week, but it really made me think of like, Oh, what do you want? What are you, what do you, I don't have hobbies. I don't paint. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I just do comedy, you know? But um, also it made me appreciate uh, now that I'm back, even if I'm bombing, I don't care. I appreciate so much every minute I have on stage and every audience that comes to see me. Cause I took that for granted. I'd be like, Oh, I didn't, uh, I didn't prepare for this show or it didn't go well in this show. Okay. I'll just do the next show. I just so took it for granted. But now I kind of appreciate both the parts of my life that are not comedy, but also whatever time I get on stage. Yeah. And I remember, I do remember that, especially those first couple of years. I remember being in Toronto and you, yeah, you would just live on the subway and be running around to every corner of the city all night, every night, cramming in as many mics as you could. And some were the worst thing you've ever done and some were great. And you would, Everything was about just like what you could fill up your week with. I think for a lot of comics, 
that we've talked to from all different walks. I mean, people who are only a couple of years in, people who have been doing this for 20 years, mm-hmm. people who are, you know, touring festival con the whole gamut of people, everybody got forced into the same situation. And a lot of people were sort of like, you know what? It made me sort of appreciate things that I had forgotten about in a way. The one thing I was curious about, Noor, I mean, b- before all this, you were also, I mean, you're writing satire, you're talking about some political stuff. Obviously, everything in the world is sort of blowing up at once. There's all these landmark world events happening at the same time. The pandemic came, the groundswell of Black Lives Matter finally mm-hmm. cracked open, and people are finally talking about that on a global level. All this upheaval and chaos going in America, even the elections taking a, a sidestep for all this. For you, does that yeah. mean you want to tackle some of this stuff on stage, or is it something you sort of want to shy away from because we're too inundated with it right now? No, I process my life through joke writing. So when all that stuff was happening, like, not that I was writing it for my act, but I was tweeting about it and I was trying to think of jokes. And it feels so good now that I have some stages to be able to talk about that. You know, Um, I think I have to be careful when it comes to things like the Black Lives Matter movement, because I want to give the space to black comedians to share their story. I don't want to I don't want to write a joke about something that's not my experience, you know, so I have to be careful and careful when it comes to that. Um, I think it's a really fine line that comedians have to tread between speaking truth, but like having it be not trying to profit off of someone else's experience, you know, so I want to I'm going to be me. So when I talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, like I grew up in the Middle East, everyone the protesters, they didn't want the U.S. Army there. I'm like, well, welcome to the Middle East, everyone. Nobody wants the U.S. Army in their cities, you know? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I try to relate it to my own experience. Yeah, well, now in Canada, we really are hoping that border stays closed now, too, for corona yeah. reasons. But even Mar- we were talking to Marito Lopez last week, same thing. He was like, you know, I can't really speak to that because that's not my experience. But this makes me think of what my experience was like coming to Canada as an immigrant and things that have happened to me. And so I can't talk to that specific thing, but this is making me think of all these things that actually I've never talked about on stage before. And this sort of gave me the window to do that. Uh, But anyways, Noor, we are glad to see that you are back on stage doing what you do here in Toronto. Hopefully everything opens up sooner rather than later. And we'd love to get you back in studio once that's a thing again. Keep writing, find that balance. But most importantly, Noor, stay safe. But it's just awesome to see you and a lot of the other, some of the best comics in the city back to doing what they love and what they should be doing. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Gina. And I can't wait to see you guys soon, too. We'll see you soon. Stay safe. We'll talk to you later. Thank you again to Noor Hadidi. And it is so incredible to finally see Comedy Bar open back here in Toronto. Hopefully all the venues soon. But if there's one linchpin in the comedy scene we need, it is Comedy Bar. We will be back with more Inside Jokes with Nick Nemiroff right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Louis Black, and you're listening to Inside Jokes, which is why it's funny, you idiot! (laughs) Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and of course, coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network, and worldwide if you're using Tay Internet. We have another old friend of the show who hasn't joined us in a couple of years, and obviously, as we mentioned earlier in the show, some a couple of new things have happened in the world since then. We have Nick Nemiroff from Montreal right now. How are you doing, Nick? I am doing great. <laughs> wow. Wow, my voice went out within a second. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? 
we're we're good. I mean, we were. It's so not we're, a a sign of a coming apocalypse or something. <laughs> you don't have you don't have the corona. But I you so you went back to Montreal. You sort of so you were living in L A for about a year. You got to do Conan. You got to do Late Night. And then when all this when this whole thing blew up, you sort of took that opportunity to get out of Dodge and come back home. What was the what was the what was the environment like there when all this first first started? Like, did was anything sort of really erupting yet when you got out, or did you just see the writing on the wall and go, okay, it's time to go home now? Uh, I think I left pretty early on. I think I left March 13th. But what was crazy, just like having shows, I remember doing a show at 7 p.m. and then they had a show at the same venue at like 9 p.m. or 9:30, and then that second show got canceled because of concerns of coronavirus and it was like that was sort of a the first sign of like okay maybe now people are taking it more seriously here and maybe i should consider going home because i don't have health insurance and i looked into how to get health insurance and it is a very uh, hard process and expensive thing to get and i was like maybe i'll just go home for two weeks while this blows over and uh it's been, I don't know, about six months now, five months. Yeah. Nick, was this a club in L.A.? Yeah, it was the UCB, like a little black box uh, theater space. Yeah. And they canceled mid-show, like 7 p.m. was okay, 9 p.m., don't you dare commit, we're all going to get infected. Yeah, that's, I was, oh, I was like, well, I think we shouldn't have done the 7 p.m. show, but <laughs> we'd already done it at that point, and... We were even talking, like, we, yeah. we were, dur- during all this, we were talking to Deb Giovanni, and she was saying, I mean, she's still based in L.A., she's still living and kind of working out there. I mean, a lot of stuff is on pause, obviously. But she was saying, you know, all yeah. of this stuff going on with the way that coronavirus has really inflated in the States and been, I mean, mishandled and, and just the whole situation. She went, you know, career took me to L.A. This is where home is now for work reasons and for comedy reasons, but this whole situation for her really made her miss home and sort of gave her this sense of patriotism about Canada that she kind of had forgotten about because she was out there just, I'm in LA and I'm working and doing comedy for you. Did this make you sort of appreciate more where you came from and, and those roots back home? Yes. 1000%. And way more of like the social infrastructure that we have in Canada that I had not necessarily, uh, you know, like appreciated nearly as much as when I saw the disparity now between what was going on in the U.S. and here and like friends in the U.S. who either had Corona or like couldn't get tested for Corona for weeks and weeks. And uh, I was just like, yeah, so happy to be back and felt uh, very (laughs) so happy with my decision to come back almost immediately as the plane landed. And for you, I mean, when you when you were spending that time in L.A. and you're working out there, go up and do Conan. We were talking to uh, Morgan Waters last week and he said, you know, with all of these shows being sort of put on pause, there is no live audience. All this stuff is now just sort of online content. Do you think we'll go back to that? Because the just the format of the late show was always so important for comics, but it was sort of a dying breed in a way. It was sort of like the last bastion of like network television that was really already kind of dying out. Do you think we'll go back to having those late shows and those spaces where comics sort of that's like what you work your way towards. Do you think it'll look the same ever again? I think it has already really trended more towards, you know, truly podcasts and like 
doing Joe Rogan would be like doing every single late night show every night for like six months. Like that's the kind of exposure that I think that he has. And that is, seems to be the future, I would say. Uh, And like comics building their own audience more so than like being shown on a late night set, even though it is a really cool and awesome way to find out about a new comic. I do think that, yeah, it was probably trending towards the back end of of its, of its, you know, effectiveness yeah it is kind of true i mean the pause yeah if you were a couple of years ago doing mark Marin or now joe rogan it is kind of true i mean back back in the day it would be like if you got to go do carson or letterman that was a sign that a comic yeah. was like hey this person's gonna blow up and now it really has moved over from that so we we might not go back to that but for you i mean you're here you're back home you're obviously i'm sure doing whatever gigs you can as things sort of slowly reopen um but in the meantime, this what, what what's a little bit of what what you tackled on on this new album that came out? Well, I'd say like it's very you know joke heavy, which is not really not very you know political or anything like that, which is sort of my style. And uh, it's like if you you know if you're a fan of like Mitch Hedberg or Todd Berry of like you know deadpan meta wordplay that kind of humor, I would, that's kind of the whole uh, vibe that. I wanted to give off in this album. Which I think, uh, I think is what probably people need more of right now because everybody's just inundated with yeah. everywhere. You look, everything is COVID, COVID, COVID. And I mean, it's not like any of us don't know what's going on. We're sort of stuck in the same news cycle right now. So it's good pure escapism for people. And Nick, before we let you go, where can people get this album? What's, what's the best way to find your stuff? You can get it at uh, nicknameroff.bandcamp.com. You can get it on Spotify, iTunes, all of that kind of stuff. And what's it actually called? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess I should say that. It's called The Pursuit of Comedy Has Ruined My Life. And that is something I believe in, and I think a lot of comics can probably relate to. (laughs) Yeah, I I love that. Nick Nameroff, thank you so much, man. We look forward to getting you in studio for longer when we open up back up again, but... In the meantime, it's just good to talk to comics like you and see you guys finally being able to slowly return to the stage, and hopefully that starts picking up more and more. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, Dean. Stay safe as well. Peace. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thank you again to our full panel tonight, 
people everywhere working on different things. Some comics have to do what they have to do until things go back to normal. Of course, Giuseppe, the MC, hopefully for him, corporate season comes back around and he can get back out there and back to his audience that he's built for himself. Nor Hadidi, of course, who's always writing, always hustling. I think she'll be tackling more of this political stuff. Uh, of course, that already played into a lot of what she did. And Nick Nemiroff, just good, good old-fashioned escapism, which also I think is very needed for people right now. But it's just good to check in with comics that we've had on the show before and hear that people are getting back on stage. I think the best news that came out this week, Vince, was Comedy Bar reopening. Yeah. It's such, like a, it's such a hub for not just the Toronto comedy scene, but Canadian comedy in general. A lot of American comics love that venue. It's just sort of home base for so many comics. It's the, you know, when the town halls were happening to get comics, their money from, from radio airplays back again, that was all happening at Comedy Bar. When there's social events, it's Comedy Bar. It's sort of this hub of the community. So to see everybody flock back to it and see those bright red letters when you come down the Comedy Bar stairs finally lit up again, I think symbolizes so much for the stand-up world. Yeah, it's a sense of uh, normalcy within the industry that, you know, like things are going to coming back to being normal or the new normal as everybody is saying right now normality vince uh just made up an entirely new word uh normality i don't think you know what listeners google it i normality is a word i there's normal there's normalcy normalcy sorry there we go and there's normality normality i okay you blended them you know what i meant it is a port it is a portmanteau, as they say. I'm an excellent linguistics. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're going to get a sample of some of Nick Nemiroff from his new album, uh, Has Comedy Ruined, <laughs> Ruined His Life? You decide. It is a dogged pursuit. But, I mean, you know, the, the, it's sort of like the island of misfit toys. A lot of these people, what else would they do? As Giuseppe said earlier in the show, what else would you do? This yeah. is, you know, so, I mean, it's nice to see these comics it's sort of like this spring thaw where everybody's just sort of flocking together again and reassembling and all these things are happening again. So go out, support live comedy wherever it is happening. Check out these albums, stream this content, watch the TikToks, watch the YouTube stuff, support Canadian comedy because now it is finally slowly coming back. Thank you to our panel. That's our show. And of course, don't forget, you can tune into all of our episodes, season four, right back to the very beginning on Global News Radio Online. And we will be back next Sunday night. A comic will be a comic no matter what a comic does. Peace, kids! Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Nick Nemiroff. I'm quite a talented actor. I actually am working on a new play. (laughs) I'll be honest, I wasn't going to do this, but you guys have been good. Can I debut my new play for you guys? This is a new play. It's called A uh, a Bug at a Job Interview. Okay? <laughs> bug at a Job Interview. <clears throat> hey, thanks for coming in. So... What would you say is your greatest strength? Well, thanks for having me. Um, (laughs) My greatest strength, if I am being honest, is probably my honesty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. And 
what would you say is your greatest weakness? <laughs> that I will be dead in three hours. <laughs> Okay, and uh, <laughs> just to get this right, over the phone you said your last job was in HR? No, sorry, I should have clarified that. My, uh, my last job was in HR. Okay, okay, well, what did you do in the jar? Human resources. <laughs> that play happened to me today. <laughs>